On this week's episode, we get lost in Labyrinth. What did David Bowie say when they handed him Prince's wardrobe? Did MC Escher see any money from this movie? And is Oubliette just another name for a hole? Find out now, you're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. All right, all right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, one of our Halloween episodes of 24 Flames Per Second. I don't remember if this is the first or second week of October when we're recording this. Um, Everybody, uh, welcome to the podcast that roasts the films we love the most. And uh, as always, I'm your host, Robert Spiewak Vahorkas, and... We're talking about Labyrinth this week, so come get lost with us with no hope of getting out, except Sarah has hope. Barely. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, everybody, welcome to the show. Um, we're very excited to get in. I think we're all about at the point where we're ready for fall, and we're done with the smoke and the heat, which is what is still happening right now when we're recording this. It's the end last week of August, and... Um, we're front-loading, getting people excited for Halloween, and what says Halloween more than reggae headless puppets? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, everybody, welcome to the show. Across the table for me this week, the Ambrosius to my Sir Didymus, Quasi Phillips. Love it. Love it. What's up, man? You're like a sheepdog to me. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of all the dogs? Cuddly and soft. Oh. And nice. That's that's a good save. I appreciate helpful. that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Would have um, liked a sleek Doberman or something like that. I don't know. You but, could have, you could yeah. have been that worm she finds in the beginning of the movie. Oh, the little one in the brick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't go that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, how are you doing? I'm I'm great. Um, well, yeah, this is this we're this is this coming out the second week of October. Uh, this is the first of our Did you Halloween. check? I did check. Okay. This great. is the first of our Halloween Oh, yeah, because we just did... Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. My yeah, I remember that a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, dude, I'm uh, doing great. I'm traveling soon. Yeah. Uh, but just trying to gear up for that. But, yeah. I'm uh, excited to do this one more time. We've been we've been on a roll. Yeah. Recordings. Yeah, I'm trying to... Because, well, you and Kevin are going on month-long vacations. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like I'm being punished for that <laughs> in all oh, parts of my life. Last like, week, work is like, what are you going on vacation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, rest rest assured, we're punishing you in your recreation too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, it's just my boss is mad that I I'm using all my PTO. There you go. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of. Did you watch the movie? This week? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I did. Uh, it's my it's my girlfriend's uh, one of her favorite movies. Yeah. Growing up, uh, she's a big uh, Bowie fan, and I didn't know this movie existed for a long, until maybe this year. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I watched it. It was wow. It's, it was it's, wow. It's, it was wow. We'll talk about Mask Off later, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I did watch the movie this week. I'm excited nice. to talk about it. I, yeah. I'm very curious, though, speaking of that worm, what would have the movie been like if she actually went into his house? And, uh, <laughs> oh, I bet, what if that was just into the into like the throne room? 
So it's just like, <laughs> come in my house. And she just walks in. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, you're here so early. You have 13, 12 more hours. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did watch the movie. I'm excited to talk about it. We had a, cool. we have a good panel. So yeah. I'm ready. Let's, uh, let's get to them. Um, I'm on the roasting panel this week. Uh, actor and theater producer. Find her theater endeavors on Instagram at Hello Earth Productions. Pepper Hambrick. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, good. You just wrapped your Wars Outdoors show. I did. Uh, a New Hope in the Park uh, wrapped last weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was a month of pretending to be Luke Skywalker um, <laughs> outside in a park. Yeah, it was Ooh. great. We took some of the, um, a handful of us from the 24 Flames gang. So Went. basically, that's my credentials for roasting movies, <laughs> is uh, I take movies and I put them on stage and pretend to be part of them. That's so all, I'm an expert now. takes. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, great. Good to have you here. Um, and next to her, brother of the pod, uh, mus musician, VHS collector. Find his music on Instagram at R&B Graham, Rob Paulson. How's it going? Good. How you doing? Good. I am like so busy this week that we're recording this, but none of that matters because when this episode comes out, I am taking the entire month of October off. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Take so, care of yourself. It's good. I guess you can still look at my music, but I have no shows coming up. <laughs> Except, uh, okay. I guess, I guess I could say Funhouse, but that's like a month. That's a ways out still. still. But, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. We're fans of Funhouse here. I'm excited for that. It's going to be good. Um, but yeah, thank you for being here. And on the defense this week, first time on the show... 24 Flames, uh, noob, fellow Mighty Producer, and breakfast enthusiast. Find him on social media at Kofoka. Corey Caldwell. Hey, how's good, it going? Good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, good to have you here. You don't look jet-lagged at all. I'm very jet-lagged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just, got, you just got back from Germany. I did. What, um, were, what was your breakfast of choice in Germany? Oh. It was sausages and lots That's and lots and lots of different kinds of meat. <laughs> That's all they serve in the Many, many <laughs> millions of kinds of meats. <laughs> Only. Wow. That's um, awesome. What was the most different kind of meat than what you normally eat that you ate for breakfast? Well, I didn't know what it was, so. Really? You ate mystery meat? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Well, if I get it, uh, their continental breakfast involves like a hundred different cold cuts so i'm not even sure what some of them were some of them the most you... basic breakfast has mysteries in it like <laughs> the... some of them some of those weren't even meat you're telling me yeah <laughs> um but all right Corey. while you're new here um you don't get off scot-free first thing you get to do on the show is uh movie in a minute you'll give us the full plot synopsis of labyrinth spoilers and all do you feel ready I think I'm ready. Okay, you seem nice. pretty tired. Um, <laughs> it's just a front. Is it? <laughs> yeah, he's ready. To, he's gonna light up the mic. He's gonna hustle you guys. He's a ringer, yeah. Um, all right, so um, I'll give you a three count, and then you're off. All right. Okay, in three, two, one, go. So Sarah, um, a, a teenager and poem enthusiast, um, is a, is a very reasonable parents who ask her to watch her child and. Um, uh, Toby. Toby is left at home. She wishes him away to a Goblin King. Goblin King shows up and takes him. Uh, Goblin King's like, you have 13 hours to get the child back because you changed your mind. She goes through the, the labyrinth, meets a bunch of weird characters. Uh, one's pissing, his name's Hoggle. A dog that rides another dog. Um, and uh, a, a big monster that calls upon rocks. They eventually get through the labyrinth and they uh, she finishes up a poem, thus sending her back to the real world. 
she learns a lesson, I think. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and you did wow. it. You did. You did. Destroyed. That was great. Not the first time a first comer's done it on their first try, but <laughs> but well done. Great all the same. I love, yeah, I forgot that he she has like an Earthbender Muppet. As He's a friends friend. with rocks. Yeah, that is his <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't control rocks. They're his friends. I yeah. see. I'm sorry. They're my friends. By request, they show up. <laughs> <laughs> wherever wherever they are, wherever whoever's nearby. Yeah. Um. But all right, great. Um. Yeah, that's it. I have not. I have nothing to add. Nice. There's David Bowie. That's all. There. Oh, that's also very important. Um, but uh, and his package. There it is. Also there, and a very there. for all the world to see. It's very. Um, and so, okay, great. Um, Corey, uh, then just kick things off. Uh, you get opening statements. Why do you like Labyrinth? Um, well, there's a huge nostalgia factor for me, but um, I think the number one part about it that I like is as a fantasy film, it's not. Um, really steeped in a lot of like lore or um, exposition you're just thrown into it it's very I think textural it's you just feel the characters and the environments it's being saturated in MC Escher um, is another part of it that I like um, as far as the the characters I think they're cute I think they're funny I think the overall production being very practical full of matte painting and uh -huh. uh, hand moved puppet characters um, are all things that I love and um, Love the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack's great too. Alright. Now matte painting is just like when they paint the backgrounds yeah. and then it's extending the extending oh, the scenes okay. with actual paintings. So yeah, 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 yeah okay. I understand now. Okay. Very good. Um, so roasters. First thing he said uh, well first he said it was nostalgia, but then he said, We're just thrown into this movie. Let's start with the plot, shall we? <laughs> Yes. This movie has very little substance, which is fine, I guess, but it that's, I think, one of the reasons I had such a hard time just making it through, you know? And, and it couldn't, I felt like it couldn't rely on everything else, especially the music, by the way. <laughs> yeah. If I may, um, I think that, you know, as, as plots go, like, not every movie needs to be like really heavy on plot. Um, I mean, there's you know that high concept thing where like she uh, she has to find her kid brother, and you know there's a very clear hero's journey that they set up. Like it's pretty obvious. I think that would work for me a lot better if the different parts of the journey hadn't been pieced together from what seemed to be totally disparate imaginations. Um, so for me, her journey is too much of a patchwork. Um, uh, there's there's not really any consistency or coherence for me in the tone of the film or how we're supposed to feel about the characters or um, like scene to scene. It just feels like, and here's a set piece with a dance and here's a set piece. And, and I don't, and, and I guess they hang together because like they're all about, they all take place in the labyrinth but the there doesn't seem to be yeah. any other rhyme or reason to it. Um, and I think that's exemplified, especially by the David Bowie scenes. Um, if I, I, I can see where if she's going room to room, there would be different things in each room, you know, figuratively. But, you know, and then you just throw like, and here's David Bowie in the center of a labyrinth having a dance for no reason. Like, yeah. So to <laughs> me, it's just too much of a hodgepodge. Um, I, can, I can respect the practical effects and the efforts that were made and, and even some of the themes, but it just doesn't hang together for me enough. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think that I think that's a fair uh, fair criticism of the um, the scenes being sort of disparate. But I feel like for me, what I notice is some of the some of the elements of this fantasy story you see other places like Wizard of Oz. They they are experiencing these little vignettes with these characters, and they learn a lesson at each time point. And in here. As Sarah's a, a fantasy fan, she's clearly a fan you see in her room, she's reciting the poetry, and as a kid, um, I think that there, there's a, something you said about there, it's a little bit meta enough that they've stripped that away and only had the feeling of the fantasy that they're experiencing, mm-hmm. um, that she is in a fairy tale and it's completely nonsensical and the point that she says that it's not fair and it doesn't make any sense throughout it um, in an Alice in Wonderland way and less like a these things represent parallels in her life that she's meeting the challenges um i think that there's um, sort of another perspective on that versus just saying that they're totally separate i'm so glad that you brought up wizard of oz like this early on because like i kept thinking like this reminds me of how like i heard um didn't like mark hamill say that like he uh was inspired by dorothy when when acting uh, at the luke oh, skywalker man. part and i was like wow that makes so much sense as to like the problems there like <laughs> but like i kept thinking watching jennifer Connelly, you know especially in the beginning how just embarrassing like her character is like uh <laughs> lancelot someone's been in my room i hate you i wish the goblin king would come and take you away uh, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, she's fourteen and she doesn't have anyone to act off of. She's it, so fourteen in the. She was. Well, she's supposed to be fifty. Her character. She was fourteen or fifteen when she auditioned for this movie. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Like, so she is a very young person sure. who is given. It's very difficult to act by yourself. So there yeah. is that part of it. But I also agree with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you mentioned that there's no parallels or there are less parallels. I thought that that was the point of uh, the dog. Like the the name, what's the name of uh, you in this? No, oh, Sir Didymus. Sir Didymus. That's the dog, right? He's the little guy riding. He's the little fox guy. The dog on the dog. The dog on the dog. It's my sworn duty to protect the bridge or whatever. So there are are there any other parallels in the characters and their role in the movie? Oh, you mean like? I mean, I know there's a like in her room. There's like this big pan around all her junk in her room. Yeah, and you see David Bowie. There's a little. There's a little stuffed Didymus. Oh, is there? Like, next to, like, a labyrinth tabletop game, the little, like, roll the marble mm-hmm. around, uh-huh. and then a book that says labyrinth. Uh-huh. So Yeah, it's really unclear the whole time if, like, if, uh, I'm sorry, Sarah, is it? Yeah. 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 Like, does she need help? Like, I mean, because, like, if think about it, like, all this is, like, in her head, right? Maybe not, but, like, that was the impression I got was that she was just, like, losing her goddamn mind, like, <laughs> frying balls and, like, seeing all this shit. And, like, uh, and, you know, yeah, like, she sort of, like, learns a lesson here and there. I guess, like, at that one point, uh, she learns that all this stuff is just junk, you know, or whatever, um. like, uh, you know, it's all just material. And then, like, at the end, I guess she learns that, like, David Bowie... Like has a like has no has no power over her like like, yeah. like but I mean if this allegory or if this movie is like an allegory for anything it's that David Bowie was definitely involved with girls that were far too young for him. Oh God! Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to make that statement about people's real lives. So that seems yeah. But no, I I, I don't know. I, I I have really mixed feelings because I I feel like I. I feel strongly what the movie is 
seems to be trying to do. Um, and I feel that pr from a perspective of someone who like uh, was once a young female person and um, had an active fantasy life and read a lot of fantasy and pretended to be the characters. Well, I still do that, don't I? Um, <laughs> pretended to be the characters in those fantasies. I just, the execution of it, I think, is clumsy and a little too hammy and, um, you know, to go along with, to add on to my criticism that um, the movie itself in its construction is a hodgepodge. In terms of the tone, I don't really know who it's for. Um, I don't know, like, is it for the the sort of 12-year-old girl who can see herself in the 14, 15-year-old Sarah? Is it in the person who is ready for the sexual awakening that is David Bowie, um, maybe a little older than that? Is it for a little kid who might be amused by, like, you know, the fart swamp or whatever? Um, the bog, the bog of, of eternal, eternal stench. Which, I mean, I, don't, I actually don't think farts aren't funny, but that wasn't funny. Whoa. Like, there was just, I'm sorry. Um, but I just didn't find much about the movie amusing. And, and to me, what's telling is that I didn't find it amusing when I was 12 either. When I was 12, I thought it talked down to me. I thought a lot of the humor was talking down to me. Mm. And then as an older person, I just think it is nonsensical. So um, I guess that leads me to like, who is this movie for? Uh, and, and maybe, I mean, I think that's related to the question of like, why is it in so many pieces? And it goes off of something we've talked about before on the podcast, which is that like, I feel like often, uh, kids movies like have the characters um, in it are like older than the kids that it's for so like what you were just saying about like if it's a 15 year old character it might actually be for 10 year old kids um, because you know it, it, it um, would be more interesting to a 10 year old than to see themselves on the screen than to maybe see a, a, an older kid that they might look up to or something <laughs> but yeah like if the movie is almost trying to be kind of this coming of age thing where she's like learning lessons and like um, and moving from being this kind of younger child into the next step of her life I like does does it hit that mark I don't know for you I don't know I'm not sure um, I think for me it, when I watched it I felt like it was for me um, I think everything in it I like what a, age how, yeah, how old are you well I, I mean I think I was probably like a young teenager maybe 13 okay um, I think for me, it had everything that I, I wanted out of a fantasy film um, just in there. I think uh, going older than that nostalgia part stays there, um, and now I m more appreciate like what the film is rather than what it's about or the plot itself. I think there's so much there that I enjoy now and look past um, some of those structural elements where either it's mismatched or tonally. Um, so Right. How do you... Are you a David Bowie fan at all? Yeah. Okay. Because I was thinking, and I didn't mean to, like, totally just, like, you know, go right into the David Bowie thing. But, like, you know, I was only saying that because that one dream sequence where he's dancing around her felt a little too on the nose for me. <laughs> like, um, and, and um, I, you know, David Bowie in, oh, man, what's that? Um, we did it uh, on the podcast, The Prestige. Oh, yeah. Uh, were, you, were you in that episode? No, you were in The Birds with me. Um, but, yeah, Prestige, I thought, like, David Bowie was so good in that movie. And um, it, watching this just made me feel like having him in the movie is a gimmick rather than an asset. And like, uh, and in a movie with the kind of aesthetic more of Dark Crystal, where it's a little less like hyper, um, 
cartoony mm-hmm. 80s kind of stuff uh, that he would have been better placed and if there wasn't like a bunch of musical sequences that were like crammed in there that were like you know like um, all based around him I thought it was a point that it was a gimmick like I thought he was supposed to, you're supposed to have David Boy as this like recognizable character of some type of sexual awakening maybe for young young people because like they can they who else they can they consider like Michael and Prince for that role too mm-hmm. like so I think that there was they wanted like Sting they wanted someone who had that and the character to be in that role so and the Day Boy wanted to do the movie can you imagine, that's what I heard can you imagine if Michael Jackson <laughs> in this fucking movie yeah that, that, looks, that looks so much worse in retrospect <laughs> yeah. right? than David Bowie but yeah, maybe yeah so. I think and from what I was reading about the background of it um you know, with Bowie's involvement, like, and, and, you know, kudos to him, like, he really wanted to be involved, and he was really excited about making this movie, Mm -hmm. but what that means is that you get someone like him, and they expanded the role, reportedly, um, Mm -hmm. they were gonna, like, Terry Jones' original idea for the script was to not show the center of the labyrinth until, like, Sarah gets to it, so you hold that back, like, that is, like, the payoff for going Mm -hmm. on this journey with her, Mm -hmm. but then you're like, oh, shit, we have Bowie, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we we gotta gotta show him more, we gotta use him, right? (laughs) So instead of just showing up at the beginning and taking the kid, you cut to him all the way through, doing these nonsensical musical numbers, which are frankly not his best work and take the stakes away right from, yeah. right so um so i think that that on the production side you have that problem of like kind of like well we have this so we need to use it a lot um when you probably don't need to do that um and so i think that 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 leads to some of those structural issues that you know that coup of getting him kind of backfired in a way even though i think he's i mean in a way he's perfect right there's something about like how he looks and I think the acting is difficult, but I think he has this, he's suffering from the same thing Connolly is, where he has nobody to work with. He like, has puppets and yeah. He's got... Right, they are the only two They humans. are the only two humans, so it's, it's, a, it's a difficult job to ask someone to do, Right. and then you insert him into a lot of it, it does kind of lose its power for him. Yeah, he just plays with those like EDM balls the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, the character was originally designed to be a rock star, so I think it doesn't totally take that away by having him present throughout the whole thing, mm-hmm. being David Bowie as a rock star. Right. Um, he's the, the the costume, all of his props, they're all meant to be, you know, reestablishing that. Even if he wasn't David Bowie, he would still be that. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't make a lot of sense with the payoff. But then we miss out on so many great musical numbers, if you like the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think... That the baby that plays Toby, who I believe is also named Toby. Correct. Uh, <laughs> Toby Brown. What, what is that called? Toby. What is that called when the actor has the same name as the character? Like, you know, like the... Um, I don't whatever. know. It's called. Easy writing. Eponymous? I don't know. Um, do you think that that child... Brilliant casting. With some, like, deep-seated I was thinking that the whole with, time, Like, where they, too, to yeah. this day, whoever that kid, person, adult now, is, has, like, dreams of D- David Bowie, like, screaming in its face, like, or their face. Uh, I like, think babies are tougher than you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sure Toby is Toby Froud, who went on to do his own puppet work, as weird as the puppets in Labyrinth. Oh, um, see fact check over here. <laughs> Because that would, like, that's some... He's correct. That I, is some deep... Oh, really? There we yeah, go. He does, I wow, think he does I a did not know that. I think it's lessons learned, I think, that he 
Yeah. They did most recently. Yeah. Wow. Directed this movie called Lessons Learned. He was so, also in King Kong. <laughs> so does this mean that, like, this is the real true silver lining of this movie? Is that Toby grew up to, you know, have a career in puppetry? <laughs> it all worked out, I yeah. guess. I guess that depends on how much you like puppets. Yeah, you've, well... You've got to like puppets to like this movie. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I think so. But I also am curious about what, why... I think that this is a... I think that you can kind of have a kid's movie that doesn't need to make sense. I think that that can, that can exist in the world and it's still fun. But why do you think these... That it was so... These, this, this one was so visceral? Because it's... It, I think that for me, especially as... I mean, even now, those puppets were kind of scary. A little bit to me. And I thought, I this poor child... Who is just being surrounded <laughs> by goblins, by goblins <laughs> and they're shrieking I, in their face, and like their faces are all messed up. I and, wonder if that's the kind of scary that we like contextualize as adults differently from kids, because sure. like kids don't know it to be scary. Like they don't know yet. Like that baby, the age he was in that movie, he doesn't know yet what is what is real and what is not real. He doesn't know Fair. like what is normal to see and what is not normal to see. Whereas like, you know, it's not it's not kids who think clowns are scary. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. adults but who are like, what's going on with that guy? Kids right? can recognize differences like, though. That's and they true. can recognize that's true. Like, So I just this, don't I don't yeah, I don't maybe. know. I think you're um, right, yeah. And I don't know. It's interesting that like people always tell me that like, you know, because Mary Poppins is my like I, meh, I wouldn't say maybe, maybe my favorite musical, at least mm. in my top three, in terms of like movie musicals. Um, and people like will tell me that they were like afraid of that movie when they were kids, because it's kind of like the coloration of it is kind of dark and weird. And I like that never occurred to me until I was an adult. So it mm. is interesting to yeah, yeah to hear you say that because like now watching it, I mean, someone edited the you know scary, the scary Mary trailer. Mary, yeah. And I thought that was awesome because I was like, oh, this is what people mean when they thought, like, this movie was kind of freaky. But (laughs) I don't think this movie was scary to me as a kid. You know, I think Dark Crystal maybe was a little bit more. And, you know, I really have to watch Dark Crystal again, uh, like, now to to compare and contrast the two movies aesthetically. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, if it's even worth bringing up. But I... My gut is to tell me that Dark Crystal was like more successful in um, in aesthetic and and everything. I don't know. Yeah, I need to watch that That's one again. Question. I'm I'm struggling with how to articulate this. Like ever since I you know signed on to do this one, mm-hmm. I've been struggling with like what my problem with Labyrinth is, and I I don't know what it is, and I can't articulate it. But I know that I enjoy the Muppet Show, and I don't like Fraggle Rock, like, and I Interesting. you know what I mean. And and so there's some divide. In, like, the Henson catalog between, <laughs> like, Muppet Show and Sesame Street, I'm fine with. Um, Fraggle Rock and Labyrinth, I, even as a kid, I thought, this is stupid and they're talking down to me. And I don't know where that comes from. Like, um, I think I was very, like, as a, you know, as a child, I was very conscious of whether it was true or not, like, something thinking I was stupid or thinking I was childish and I, I reacted very right. poorly to it. Um and I'm not saying that that is what this movie was doing, but that is how I felt about it. Hmm. Um, and I don't think that's accurate, but like, what is it that pinged me that way? What is it about those two properties in something that he hmm. created versus, so I'm bringing it up um, in the hopes that maybe like someone 
here or out there like can yeah. can can elaborate on that for me because I have been struggling with that for the Fraggle Rock like Muppet thing I've been struggling with for a really long time. <laughs> like what is it that one of them is like kind of amusing and funny? It's not my favorite thing, but I like it. And one of them is just like annoyingly stupid. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like how um when like uh you know, adults, like, when you're a kid and an adult, like, talks to you like you're an idiot and you're, like, it's always better when you're a kid to have an adult, like, kind of talk to you, not like you're an adult necessarily, but, like, they, like, you're almost like your equals and stuff, you know? And I think that's what makes, like, um, I was also going to say, aesthetically speaking, I almost forgot to bring it up, but the storyteller, anyone listening Mm -hmm. who hasn't seen the storyteller but likes Jim Henson, um, I think it's my favorite thing that he's ever done, uh, like is so like it's simple because it's just the retelling of, of fairy tale folk tales um but it's it's like smart too or it's like engaging and i, I just felt like this movie was not like engaging I, you know and in a way that it just felt like gag after gag rather than like something that was like almost gripping to me as as a as a viewer hmm. yeah to go on the um, the difference there, I wonder, do you think it has anything to do with, like, the Muppets having almost a wink and a nod to the audience that they're a part of the joke, or that it's for them specifically, whereas Maybe. Fraggle Rock doesn't necessarily have that. They don't interact directly with the audience ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with Labyrinth. There's not a wink and a nod. There's not, you're coming along with the, these are puppets sort of situation. Instead, they just exist just like the other characters do, and that's yeah. almost mi- misrepresenting who they are if they don't tell you, hey, I'm a puppet. Yeah, maybe for me, maybe it's just that's not a world I want to share in, and so it doesn't work on me. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever that means, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. It's like you were saying, though, like, you have to like puppets to like this movie. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting that, like, I like puppets in certain contexts and don't like this movie, if that makes sense. Like, you know... Um, I think there's a time where it works, where the whole um, like world of puppets and Jim Henson particularly, because I'm not a huge Muppets person, and really mostly it's um, it's a lot of the musical numbers and stuff that I just maybe you're not a variety show person. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it might be less to do with the Muppets and more to do with just a personal taste. But like there there is a time and a place for you know with puppets for me, and like I, I and like I would really like to watch Dark Crystal again now after talking about this movie and yeah. see before I make a definitive statement like see you know how I think it holds up maybe there's something <clears throat> about when and maybe just in the in the Henson mold there's something about when people make puppets for some reason if they acted like regular people I might be more okay with it but there's something about like Rigel is the worst character on Farscape you know and explain what that what oh okay so <laughs> Farscape is a science fiction show, uh-huh. and it has the um, the really sensible, uh, like, you know, functional um, idea for the aliens is that they are, well, some of them are actually puppets. Uh-huh. So some of the alien beings on this show that is mostly peopled by actors, some of whom are playing humans, and some of whom are done up in like weird makeup right. and whatnot. But they have this they have a couple main characters who are puppets. Mm-hmm. And the role of the one of the main puppets on the show, he's this alien named Rigel and he floats around on this little scooter and mm-hmm. like a person could not play this in the way that he's physically, you know, conceptualized, which is really, really clever and great. Right. They couldn't get But straight, they use but... him for fart jokes all yeah. the time. Oh yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like that's what they do with him is he's uh... kind of gross and childish. Mm-hmm. 
um, even though he's playing like an older character, but he's kind of disgusting. And and there's something about that that I think turns me off is that like we've inserted these puppets in here so that we can make the childish version of this or so that you can make it like the stupid version of this joke. Whereas like, I wonder if that's, if that's mm-hmm. the mentality or if I'm mapping it onto right. there. Do you think that maybe but, Labyrinth is more like, uh, like dumbed down for children, whereas Muppets is almost more all ages oriented? Maybe like, but, but I don't know if I, I, I don't know if that's even accurate, but I do think it's interesting that like, that, that I had that response to Rigel, who, that, that is a Henson Studio creation. It, that mm-hmm. puppet does come from Jim Henson's... The Muppet Creature Shop. The Creature that. Shop, yeah. Um, but I wonder why they felt the need to put him into that track of, like, this is the character we're going to put all of the, like, stupid, like, eating and burping and farting jokes onto. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, that's why. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What part of it is the puppet? What part of it is what our society puts onto puppets as, you know, as performance, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's not, it's not, puppets aren't to be taken the same type of seriousness right. as, as everything else. Right, and maybe <laughs> even as a kid, yeah. I couldn't take them seriously because of that. I don't know. Right. I mean, not to get into, like, my childhood fair. psychology. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they should be given, I don't know, maybe we'll get into the post What? But they're not, like, what were you about to are say? Are you saying that puppets like, aren't e- people, too? They shouldn't be given, like, the same equal amount of, like, oh, you know time and, you know, weight as like, the human like, character. <laughs> or, like, equal rights. <laughs> Personhood. The be- right to vote. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay, you've made your point. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just quoting the plot of The Happy Time Murders. Oh, yeah. Which is a trash movie. Mm. Don't see it. Mm. Oh, hot take on the show. Wow. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's okay. It's October. That was a freebie. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Patreon supporters. Yeah. It's already gone and <laughs> yeah, forgotten. Nobody <laughs> remembers that. <by> now. <laughs> um, the only other kind of note I have here is um, kind of the legacy of the movie. How, how does this hold up? Well, I feel like that's a mask off question, mm-hmm. but I wanted to say one more thing. Go ahead. And go that ahead. is that. The end of this movie is so dumb. <laughs> oh my god. Sometimes I'll need you to come around and have a party. <laughs> and then they just, and I was like, oh, and I thought it was going to like zoom out and David Bowie was going to be like sitting there spinning, spinning his like testicle bubbles. Or um, and like, no, it was, and I was like, she's partying with the goblins and shit too. That is like, really weird. Like, I was really confused by that part because. Like, I understood a lot of the other lessons in, in some ways way better than I did as a kid. But at the end, she's sitting there and looking in the mirror, and it's like she comes this revelation of like, oh, sometimes I will need you. And I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. where was the part where you didn't? Like, yeah. Wait, yeah. that didn't seem to be part of the oh, journey. Yeah. Like, she's trying to make friends the whole way through. Not right? the beginning, I don't think. Not well, not. She's like, I don't know what anyone is. This is so weird. What's no, going I mean, on? like, she talks to the worm guy. Yeah. She tries to make friends with um, Hoggle. Hoggle, like, almost immediately. Um, even though, like, yeah, I don't true. understand, like, if we're supposed to even like him, he's <laughs> he, he's fighting. At he's all. fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, but as a friend stuff. of mine pointed out, like, when the first person you meet needs to be the scarecrow. Like, and he's not mm-hmm. the Scarecrow. Like, um, back to the Wizard of Oz. Back to the Wizard of Oz, yeah. yeah. Um, fails the Wizard of Oz test for me. <laughs> um, there's no Scarecrow. Um, but Does Hoggle have a brain, though? But I don't know. <laughs> he has a really big head. Um, gotta be something in there. It's gotta be something. 
But but yeah, the 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 lesson that she seems to learn at the very end is like seems to come out of nowhere. Like, oh, sometimes sometimes I do need you, and it's like I, I thought. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that was in doubt. Like also it seemed like a really of, weird. Yeah, I was turn. so bored watching this movie that I had to like. I was also doing some work while <gasps> like while I had it on. You know, because like I didn't have time to just put <laughs> everything aside to watch Latin. I have a lot. Um, but like you know, uh, I I while wa- like while watching it, you know, passively or not, I was like, oh, I just kind of assume like, oh, if there is a lesson or whatever, it's that like she needs to like, um, kind of like grow up a little bit and like and learn to like and and not just like hate her parents and actually like realize that her family i.e the baby is important and everything and i was like oh i guess i had all that completely wrong because like at the end of the movie it's just like no instead i'll just party with fantastical creatures it's like oh okay i guess that was the plot that was the whole movie cool peace you know like i don't know (laughs) is it real is it is it real or is it just in her head I let's hope it's just in her head or not. I don't know. I don't. I. What do you think, Lori? Well, I think uh, this also comes back to another thing y'all said about like the tone of being being dark and for children. Um, I'd point out some little elements that come throughout the film that are not very overt, um, but things like her parents saying, "We wish you had a date," and are coming into the world, and then the first things that she's experiencing are like uh, hoggles pissing into a river. Um, that she thinks that the fairies should be a different way, but actually they bite. Everyone there is there to mislead her. She doesn't feel that it's fair um, um, coming in into this world of basically built out of the things that she loves, the fantasy world, the Escher paintings, the stories, the, the fairy tales. Um, she's going into this world that's basically showing her the real world is, is, is out to get her, um, it's out to manipulate her. It's not, it it's not good. Yeah. Um, just coming from this idealistic fantasy thing. And the, the trade-off is uh, David Bowie coming in here as this overtly sexual opposite thing and he's like give me a child um obey me and i'll give you everything um sort of the parallel there is putting away childish things or going on to the darker uh more uh, inconsistent and not idealistic real world um so i think when she comes back and saying um oh sometimes i will need you is it saying oh i can have these childish things and i can retain this part of me without giving it up um, just like she said no to David Bowie in the end that she didn't have to give it up. So I think, although it's not totally clear because I don't think it's just that kind of movie to lay out a message like that, right. there is a message in there in small pieces, you know. I can fuck with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, why not? I mean, like, I mean, I'll, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Are we, are we masking up soon? Yeah. Okay. Soon. I, 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 I accept that that's there, um, and I saw it much better this time through <laughs> than before. Um, but yeah, I just don't. And without having to like hammer at home, I just don't think the movie holds up in 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 that way. Um, I can I can see that, and I can see the things that like people like about it. But just like as as a film, I just don't think it's um, not successful. In it's that not that successful. You know, just as a work, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my statement. Now we're <laughs> Lay it down. To it. Lay it uh, down. But uh, but yeah, now yeah, we're about at mask off time. Um, so uh, Corey, how do you really feel about a labyrinth? I just love puppets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I would love this movie 
no matter how many times I rewatch it and see how it doesn't fit together and how the acting is garbage. Right. And, and it just, you know, every time you watch it, I, I feel like you see more of the seams. Um, but for me, I just continue to love all of it because I love the magic of the puppets and I love the presentation of a fantasy world, even with uh, live action elements. And that's just like, just straight face, this is the puppet world. Then we're gonna, just going to do it that way. We're going to have fake everything it's going to be all built together it's going to be constructed and without that being an issue without like like it's even got full-on musical numbers <laughs> like i think it's just uh, for me having a fantasy there not being high fantasy but still being just this is exactly how it is whereas something like dark crystal i also love for the same reasons um but that's presented without any elements that would conflict there's no real people in it there's no um there's nothing as a part of the Dark Crystal that recognizes that it's fantasy. Whereas in Labyrinth, they're live-action characters, and they're saying, "Here are these fantasy things in this world," and they interact with it, and they point it out, um, just like she has all those things in her room. So in this one, just being able to have that and say, "Hey, here's this magical, ridiculous puppet world where everything in it doesn't make any sense, but it's presented that way anyways," is the part of that I that I like about fantasy. And while other things I will like because they're well-constructed or they're a better work, this one is totally, I think I said at the beginning, like, textural. They're just things in the movie that I like, and there are a lot of them, and it's full of them. <laughs> I can see now. Okay. Yeah. 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 Rob? Yeah, well, so my match got a little itchy. My mask got a little itchy there at the end, <laughs> uh, mostly because I am very indifferent to this movie. Yeah. I don't. I don't hate it. I think, like, I originally, like, agreed to roast it, like, a year ago, and I think I, I, I probably thought I hated it at the time. Hmm. I don't like the music in it. I think the music's bad. But I like, you know, Corey's very last point about how, like, you know, <clears throat> like, I definitely did not think there was a message at all, like, after <laughs> I watched this movie. And it was nice to hear someone who had, like, a take on that. Um... But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'll look at my notes, but mostly I, I really don't care. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's a weird fucking movie. It's a weird fucking movie. Yes. Um, yes but that's about all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pepper? Uh, so I actually don't hate this movie as much as I thought I did when I agreed to do this. Um, and a lot of that is resentment. Um, this will get personal. Like, so many people my age and in my peer group love this movie. Amen. And there's something about, like, everyone having this shared experience with this thing that you just, like, yeah. I'm sitting there yeah. in that party, I'm sitting there in my college dorm just going, like, I am completely alienated from everything that's <laughs> happening that made me really not like this movie. Apparently watching it alone is better, strangely enough. Like, um, so I don't, I don't hate it. Uh, I resented how it made me feel amongst my peers because okay. I didn't relate to it. Yeah. Um, but I do want to say that there's, and this is possibly contentious, I actually responded really strongly to the the weird sexual um, really, like overtones between um, yeah. Sarah and Jareth, partly because, like, and uh, let me finish before you no, say no, anything. No, no, I'm just... Um, no. <laughs> because... Um, I think that, like, I mean, I assume that a lot of people go through that phase where, like, you are just figuring yourself out, you're very young, you're too young to really be thinking about those things, but you're seeing it in culture and society, and oftentimes you will map something that looks like that onto an older figure, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you will, like, you know, I had a crush on 
well, Sherlock Holmes, but, you know, because I'm weird, um, when I was, like, her age, right? Mm -hmm. And I really liked how the movie kind of pulled out that part of it, and he was treating it with utter seriousness. It didn't actually feel creepy to me, because he is a fantasy character, and she's in a fantasy world, and he was treating it with seriousness, and she was saying, no, Hmm. I am not ready for this. I'm not going there, right? Mm -hmm. And there was something about that that, like, this time through actually kind of spoke to me in a weird way. Yeah, you have that I, power over me. Well, wasn't ready for when I first saw the movie. I didn't right. even see it. It wasn't, it wasn't like I was, wasn't ready for it and it was icky. I was too young. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't get it. It didn't really occur to me. And now looking at it, I'm like, oh, that feels very real to me mm-hmm. having been her. Right. Right? Like, like, and not in a, like, he didn't seem creepy to me. From her perspective, that seemed like a totally natural like part of development if that mm-hmm. sounds i don't know is that too personal yeah but, it's like, really it's really easy to rag on like david Bowie yeah. in this movie just for the sake of like roasting it but i didn't feel like there was anything that was like inappropriate at all like mm-hmm. in this movie no no um and and it's it's really easy to be like well there's a huge age difference there so it's right. inappropriate and it's like yeah but nothing actually happens and like mm-hmm. there is that part of like you know human sexual development like where you have to go through this phase of like what is an appropriate response? Like, what is an appropriate figure of attraction? Mm-hmm. Like, all that kind of stuff. And I, I liked getting that from the movie this time through that I, I hadn't before. Yeah. But I do think it's funny. Like, I was sitting there going, like, oh, wow, when I first saw this movie, I was way too young for David Bowie. And now I'm, like, way too old for everything else in it. That's <laughs> 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Crazy. Oh yeah, I'm, uh, this was a weird movie, man. I don't know. Um, I so you also like you said you didn't even know that. Like, I didn't know. We're not really had, aware of this movie. I had no, it's nothing about this until <laughs> it remarkable came up to me. when we were talking about it for the podcast. I mean, I didn't grow up with David Bowie as much. It was mm-hmm. my house was disco, Prince, Michael Jackson. It wasn't yeah, a lot of yeah. Bowie and Sting and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, so I had, I mean, it just it didn't even come close to like my consciousness until we were talking about this movie for the podcast and something else. And uh, but and so when I watched it, like same thing, same lens. I think also we're used to kind of having kids movies nowadays having a lot for us, mm-hmm. a lot for older people. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. so you're gonna have the fun, fun, you know, visual attraction of this movie, but you're also gonna have seriousness and something that you can come to. And I think that I was looking for that a lot. I saw there were a couple of times some of the the rocks in that dungeon were having really funny one-liners sometimes. Oh, I was yeah. like, this is uh, I got this pretty fun. And <laughs> there's some little things that you can recognize in an adult. Um, and but I also saw it's like this is just this is just for the kids to just play, have fun puppets running around, being silly, mm-hmm. um, you know, enjoying themselves, having like little soft moments with like these these not real things in this little fantasy world. So um, I I saw that when I watched the movie, and I think it was. It was good for that. The music was for kids, I think, for the most part. Um, and yeah, you remind me of the Babe is like, it's like classic kids song line. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the the I don't know having I the music not, video of everything else. I could not like tell you a single like melody line. Like I could not recall a sing. Like watching this movie again, like. No, like nothing got stuck in my head. I thought his singing was bad, like an off key <laughs> half the time. It's like yeah. none of these songs are catchy or like stuck with me. I think that was my biggest problem. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Um, you're right. Same. We I, we played it again before the podcast. Like oh yeah, that was in there. That was in the <laughs> movie. Yeah. Um, so I, I I don't know. I I I'm saying probably same with you, Rob. I just it was it was fine. 
was yeah. a cool thing that happened to me, and I'll probably Fucking never weird. watch I it again. I don't really care about it. Yeah. About it. yeah like <laughs> kind of how I feel about it, but... In the, in the realm of puppetry, I don't know how this ranks in the film puppetry. Like, I don't know how, mm-hmm. how this ranks, but it's not up there for me. I think all the, all the claymation movies and all those puppets, oh. I think that's that's like the top tier. Walls and Gromit forever. <laughs> those aren't puppets. What are yeah. those? Stop motion. Yeah. What's the, what, what, what is the difference between controlling things in real time and not? Tweet at twenty four. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. If you, if you know, a huge difference. If you. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, uh, I had seen. I seen this when I was very young for the first mm-hmm. time. Like I was probably eight or nine or something, and and I remember really liking it. Yeah. Um, and then I watched it. I, I know I've seen it. Like I'd watched it with friends in college. That other friends that were fans of mostly David Bowie. Um, and then, like, it was in theaters not too long ago, and I saw it in theaters, um, and that was fun to go see it with people, um, because most of the time it's been, like, small groups here by myself. Um, and my opinion has gone down in like, the <laughs> movie since, since then, so it's only gone down. Um, I don't think it's, like, I think it's, like, I think it's fine, like what you said. Yeah. I think, I think it's fine. Um, I, I think that, uh... There's, I think there's some problematic things in it that uh, we'll, that we didn't get into here that I want to talk about on the post show um, that I've kind of just been thinking more about lately that um, that I think it's funny to call them out but like there's still like I think there's like underneath the surface they're like kind of like Ugh. okay um, and other than, other than that, though, like, I think that some of the dialogue is really, really bad. <laughs> like, what did I write down? Well, come on, feet. <laughs> yep. Mm. Mm. You don't say no, that to yourself. Nothing, tra-la-la. Oh, that's a great, that's a great line. Is it? That's a great line. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, but, yeah, uh, it's, other than that, um, I think, I think it's, it's enjoyable, but not, like, it's not gonna, I don't think, captivate like a room of people all at once necessarily, especially people that do not know what it is. <laughs> put it on. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's I mean that's that's pretty much how I feel about. It. I think it's like, as a legacy movie of Jim Henson, I think that now that he's like you know died, I think that it got blown up a little bigger. But other than that, like I think it's eh, it's it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's think that's where we that's where. A lot of table resides. Yeah, the it's fine. Straight-faced emoji. It can exist. Yeah, it can be allowed to exist. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't have to. We don't have to Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> <laughs> labyrinth. All labyrinth copies of labyrinth in the world. Um, but uh, but yeah, that about that about does it for this episode. We are gonna keep talking about something in the uh, extended play post show for all you lovely Patreon supporters. Yeah, and those potential Patreon supporters. Oh, those those. Uh, thinking about it, Patreon supporters. Um, so yeah, if you uh, are interested in that or any of the other fun stuff we do, the hot takes, the drink-alongs, um, the as-yet-to-happen Robert having to watch Zack Snyder movies, um, <laughs> head over to our patreon.com slash 24flamespod and uh, check it out. There's a, bunch of, there's a bunch of goodies over there now that you get access to just by joining. So um, yeah, check that out. Um, thank you all for being here, Pepper, Rob, and Corey, and Quasi for hosting. Um, and other than that, what else do I say? Um, do we have anything to plug? No. Um, and so, if, right? We don't have anything. 
It's October. I'm, yeah, it's October. <laughs> Happy. I don't know Halloween. what I'm doing. Oh, Halloween uh, month. Hey, if you're actually, I do have something to plug. If you're in uh, Seattle um, and like film festivals and seeing movies, whether they be short, hopefully, well, it's mostly shorts. Um, uh, Nifty, which is the world's largest youth film festival that I program for and used to work for um, here in Seattle, is the last weekend of October this year um, at the uh, Cinerama opening night and the Sif Uptown the rest of the weekend. Um, there's like God, there's probably almost 300 films wow. that we're uh, showing that weekend that are all uh, from directors younger than the age of 25 from around the whole world. Um, and it's it's great and very expiring, inspiring. Inspiring, yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'm blown away by the content every year. It's amazing what, um, you know, what people have access to doing now that's different than it was even five years ago. Um, and it's a, it's a great organization that supports youth creativity and filmmaking. Um, that is worth supporting. So go check it out. Yes, Pepper. Sorry, I have a plug. Um, oh, go ahead. And uh, I didn't. I don't. Might not be on this podcast before I do it again. So um, in February, I will actually oh. be teaching a class on uh, Sherlock Holmes on screen oh. at SIF at their education center. Um, oh. So uh, that will be um, three. Wednesday evenings in February, you can go to the SIF.net website and pick up tickets. Cool. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, great. Uh, are any other plugs that are waiting out there to shake out before I do the rest of everything? No? Great. Um, oh, there's probably a hot take coming up this weekend. <laughs> in a perfect world there is um, and so keep an eye out for that on our social media we'll be going live on Facebook live sometime sometime this weekend coming out and talking about a movie that we just saw in theaters um, so check that out after it's live it'll only be available to Patreon supporters so as I mentioned go to patreon.com slash 24flamespod uh, to get more details and information about that um, okay <sighs> what else wherever you listen to podcasts be it iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify whatever subscribe Rate, leave a review so more people can find the show. We can use that feedback to make our show better. And uh, we just we just like hearing from our fans. So you can either do that. You can email us at 24flamespot at gmail.com. And uh, you can also find us on social media at 24flamespod. And you can find Partyfish Media um, on Facebook and Instagram at Partyfish Media, where you can get updates, more updates about, 20, about our show, about the other shows that we um, produce through Partyfish. And, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of, bunch of crazy stuff out there to listen to. Um, and so, yeah, other than that, I think that about does it, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode. Happy Halloween in a couple weeks. Uh, next week, I don't know what movie it is, but I think it's a spooky one. Quasi, are you looking it up? I may just be looking it it's, up. Uh, it is, so it, is it ha- Cabin in the Woods? That next week on the podcast. No, it's Halloween. We are doing. The original Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm on that one. I've never seen that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, to celebrate the new one coming out, which is a direct sequel. Um, and so, yeah, everybody will catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Fish me, yeah.